Hey everyone, this is Michael Bikinski. Um, you probably have not heard from me in a while, but before I really go into that as the main podcast episode, we'll get into where I've been lately. Um, just a content warning before this episode, I'm going to be talking about some topics and issues that I sort of delved into in the past, but I do not want to just talk about it without giving uh, a warning ahead of time. So if you have issues with listening to stories about mental health, trauma, uh, assault, both physical, sexual, whatever, uh, please stop this episode and fast forward to um, the point where I start talking about uh, Gears 5. Uh, thank you so much and hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Dickinsky. It's been far too fucking long since I recorded one of these episodes. I think my last episode was like in April of this year, which is wild. And I can only confirm that after re reading the title, which I titled Generation Nah, in reference to the game I reviewed for GameCritics.com, Generation Zero and how, nah, you should not play this game. Um, how's everyone doing? I'm in a different setting than you last heard me from. Uh, full disclosure, if you haven't been following me these past eight to nine months on Twitter or whatever, a lot has changed very quickly. Uh, the video editing internship ended in around June of this year. Three months was more than enough to give because of just how expensive it was to just get there and how all I got paid was in $15 cash stipends, which was fun. Um, I no longer... Uh, need to lower my voice <laughs> when uh, I mean I mean I'll get to it but like I don't have family constantly walking in and out as I did with the previous recordings and that is because well I moved where I'm not telling you I don't trust the internet but um I mean yeah I'll tell it's a uh, out in Queens. I live, I'm a city boy now, which is kind of weird to think about, but yeah, I'm, I'm living out in one of the five boroughs, and it's been a month now since I moved in, and it's surreal 
it's honestly really surreal so far. Um, but also that was an accomplishment and goal of mine due to, um, and this is where hopefully the warning I had in the beginning episode plays, that I am a survivor of physical abuse due to uh, facing trauma and assault uh, by my mother's boyfriend on December 20th and December 21st, 2018, and how I was basically from there uh, gaslit, gaslighted, however the proper way to pronounce it, about my trauma, about my experience, after the day after the first time it happened, and right after I went to the hospital on the second day, in which I can go into it, um, a bit more where I had an, an argument with my mother, uh, her boyfriend assumed I assaulted her, which I will say I have footage on my camera of her hitting me after saying a comment that I later apologized for and then when she tried to hit me again holding my hands so I wouldn't uh, get hit again him running in thinking I was hitting her and then tackling me to the floor and starting to assault me and this is kind of weird talking about on this podcast but I want to be truthful because this is something that I went through and I want people who have been through similar experiences to know that they're not alone. Um, once I went to the hospital due to assumed panic attack after running into my former boss uh, in my neighborhood and uh, having them call the police, I realized that I no longer felt safe in the home I grew up in for at the time since I left. 24 years it's still 24 now but I was 24 when I was still there didn't move out till August and I originally set out a goal of 9 to 12 months to move out I was, I was early by one month around 8 to 9 months and that's something I'm really happy about honestly because I not only have a space where I can do the things that I wanted to do, but did not have the privacy or just general like sense of respect for my environment from other people in the house, but I finally feel safe. Uh, I finally feel like an adult, like a human that should be treated with respect. Um, I'm not fully over the trauma. It's going to be there for a long time. It doesn't heal overnight. I started going back to uh, therapy um, since then. Um, I mean, even before, when after December I went, but cannot go there anymore because of my location compared to where they are and their second location. Um, 
but this is not a, a display of slowing down because since then I've started streaming again. Uh, I'm going to continue doing Bag Atrocious. This is definitive. This is going to happen, as with this episode. Um, and I'm going to start to try to, besides the wonderful work I'm doing with uh, the National Writers Union under the Freelance Solidarity Project, which I'll leave a link under the episode description for those who are interested, as well as my other links, you know, Twitter and all that. Um, and besides, still continuing to work at City Field. Ball. Damn, it's this has been a hell of a baseball season. The Mets are actually doing good. Like, what? They're doing good, and I'm not impatient about when the game ends? Holy crap, and there's only one week of it left? God damn. Um, but this is a new beginning for me. And to the people who's listened, to the people who have been interested in listening but never had the time, whoever you are, thank you for still listening, even though when you didn't have to. Thank you for finding anything I have to say interesting. Uh, thank you for finding my casual, very... For, every time I want to say this phrase or something, I always have laissez-faire in my head. Like this laissez-faire approach, but that doesn't make sense. This very... This very... Whoever sang that one song, sang, Fat Joe, what am I saying? Very Fat Joe lean back style <laughs> way of doing this podcast. Um, thanks. Just thank you. And let's get into it with a game <laughs> that. Tr I played Gears 5 thanks to the Xbox Game Pass for a dollar. Because I'm not paying sixty dollars for Gears Five. Not saying because of quality, just I don't want to pay sixty due to now paying rent with three other roommates. That's more my priority. But a dollar, I could pay a dollar for a month. Um, yeah, Gears Five. I just I yesterday I completed its main campaign, and it's interesting. So. Excuse me, this is gonna be edited out, but who the fuck knows? Excuse me. Gears 5... I, I, I played Gears 4 when it was on Game Pass, because I was like, you know, this game came out a few years ago. I'm interested to see how it is, and thought it was okay. I sort of knew the cliffhanger before, but I saw it again for the games. I played the previous games in the series. One was at a years ago at a therapist I will not name because I don't remember and was during high school like literally our sessions was let's just play games it's like at first this was like cool but as I went on it was like now nah, this ain't helping me going through Gears of War 2 co-op with you isn't helping with my horrible thoughts doctor um never played Judgment because from what I hear that's a waste of time and 
Yeah, like I played that Ultimate Edition of Gears of War 1 because I had an Xbox One at the time. I was like, let me try this out. And I played Gears 5, which I'm saying Gears 5 because that's the title they give it now. Like, they're not going Gears of War 5. It's like, oh, Gears 5, because every time someone talks about that series, they say shorthand for like, oh, you, you, you played that new Gears? And also, now that God of War has returned, there's more than enough G.O.W. titles out there lately. So, I I mean, that's just me thinking out loud about that. But Gears 5 is interesting because of just how much, again, they make small changes, as well as some big changes in its formula. So, the first act basically starts with uh, JD doing his thing, you know, takes a little bit maybe like a month after the events of 4 and then Act 2 starts to go or maybe Act 1 still, I don't remember go forward in time further away from the events of Gears 4 uh, where you start playing as Kate who's, I can say because she's the literal front of the box art and you play as her for the remainder of the game um so, like, in a way, the first act is like, hey, here's the gears you remember. Then two and three is like, oh, here's something different we want to try. And honestly, the different thing they wanted to try is admirable. But it's something that I thought just made the game go longer. Uh, they added almost, like, sandbox-style, open-world-esque segments in the game where you travel on this skiff to get to different destinations. Oh, and by the way, let me I should go with the premise of the fucking game before I get into more details. Um basically this continues off from the cliffhanger of 4 where that pendant that had the locust symbol on it, Kate had with her and goes into just why she had that and maybe takes from there like some new interesting like she as much as Kate is basically whitewashed because she's casted by a white woman and she's supposed to be Mexican I learned uh Laura Bailey she is truly is the Natalie Portman of the VO industry um like I really like the direction they're giving this character they don't, you know, they're doing really cool stuff with, like, where her place in the world is. But by the end of the game, in which, for some reason, um, they almost try to do... I feel like, if I spoil Act 4, it might give an indicator of, like, how the rest of this game plays out. But honestly... If you play Gears of War 4, Act 1 will be familiar, but, you know, a good return to form. Act 2 and 3 will be different. It's still that gameplay. It's still Gears. It's I, Honestly, it feels a lot sharper and just and sharper in the sense of just... I don't feel like a pile of bricks holding a gun. Like, I, I feel like I'm getting my shots down. Like, it feels like the best Gears has played in a really long time. Um, but by Act 4, it feels like a weird cry for 
We didn't forget you, the fans. Here's that gears you want. Here it is. I know we know you love this gears. And I'm not gonna say how, but between certain characters making an appearance again from earlier that weren't present in two and three of the acts to this weird moment where almost the ending <laughs> the ending almost seems I didn't think the last game's ending was bad. It was a good cliffhanger. This one really, really tried to do that again. Like, the best comparison I can compare with the ending of Gears 5 is Halo 2, for people who are familiar with that whole saga. Literally. Um, of, like, you know, this game will be successful, probably get a sequel, new consoles, whatever, but it's like, this is what you leave us on. That's kind of boring with basically, like, I really enjoyed playing the game, but it stayed too safe in a lot of regards. Uh, I'm not saying dramatically changed the gameplay, but in terms of its storytelling, and honestly, like, you know, I never give a shit about the lore of Gears of War, because it's just about fighting... Well, in this is the swarm, but really they're locusts, but with diamonds, and other new types of enemies that appear in this game. Um, but I never expect like really interesting storytelling from this series because of its origins and nature. However, again, what going into Kate's origins and who she is and why she had that pendant and all that was interesting but everything else started to just go like okay we're gonna be with our crew everyone has the same personality type so everyone's excited sarcastic and quippy all at the same time and don't know when to fucking shut up they're also once again continuing to the tradition of being meatheads and not thinking ahead of time so it would give an excuse for the player to do go, I don't know, fast as possible before, let's say, a train gets to a bridge that is not set up to be a bridge yet. Just maybe a mild spoiler. Who the hell knows? What kind of train? Maybe it's not even a train. I could be lying. And it's, I don't know. Like, I'm hoping Gears 6 which I guess would it, it would be called, unless they once again change the name, um, on new consoles, like, they're, most likely with Gears 6 is they're gonna focus, you know, as a visual showcase, because honestly, Gears 5 looks fucking incredible, like, I, I played it on my PC, uh, with an RTX 2070 graphics card, which are those, for those who don't know, are the type of graphics cards that allow a te uh, technique called ray tracing, which I don't believe this game had that because it was through um, the get Xbox app proper and didn't have anything to do with NVIDIA, but it looks sharp. Like, if you're the type of person who likes this series, you will still like Gears 5, but for me, who wanted to see what they can do differently since Gears of War 4 was basically, hey, here's this new team 
led by the same dude who was on the original Epic Games team that did the original trilogy, here's Gears 5. I mean, excuse me, here's Gears of War again. We can do this. Gears 5 is almost their attempt at doing something new, but unfortunately, it wasn't enough for me. It's it's a good game to play in, like... Well, I had work, so you gotta add that into your factoring of time. Uh, you could spend a bit 10 to 12 hours. Spend a few afternoons. So let's say if you're the type of person who plays at 9, 10 in the morning, then stops at, like, you know, to eat at 12, then resumes for, like, 30 minutes to an hour, and then gets off at 2 before leaving for a train at 2.50. If you're that type of person, Gears 5 might be for you. Also, I was trying to get through that shit so I can not have my Game Pass expire, because another game I was honestly enjoying more and loving the look of... Well, actually, no, I'm not going to get to that game yet, but I've also played another game called Dead Cells, which is a lot of fun. Um, came out like, last year. It's, it's been a while. It just, I believe, got on Game Pass this past month. And that's the really excellent 2D roguelike from an indie studio that I cannot remember the name of the studio off the top of my head. And I'm too lazy to look at the information right now. But Dead Cells, whether you use it on Game Pass or whether you buy it full, I highly recommend purchasing it. It is truly like if you were playing an action-adventure, like, platinum game, but obviously 2D animated, and almost like the model is, like, it's, there's still three, it's three-dimensional in a way, but still on a 2D plane, and it's fast as hell. And sometimes the speed can be a hindrance if you're not thinking on the fly with how your... <clears throat> excuse me, my throat. With how you are basically, you know, trying to get through levels, trying to find as much stuff to upgrade yourself. Because if you die, then when you do your next run, you're not going to have all those certain things unless you do the permanent upgrades, which you collect through, um, you know, the dead souls, cells, whatever, of enemies. And that has been a lot of fun. But I really want to get into now is um, games I've been playing that I've been able to acquire thanks to um, the good folks at Evolve PR through a site called Terminals.io, which basically allows, you know, any person who's... Uh, press, media, streaming enthusiasts, whatever, to uh, cover games that they provide and basically allow coverage to be uploaded to them so they can send you actual game code for you to cover, whether it be written, video, audio, whatever. Um, it's there for you. Uh, literally, there's a few codes that I have that have been out for a while that I've not embargoed, 
on uh, there are two games in particular there's still embargo on that I'm not going to speak on but I will speak on a game that I'm no longer embargoed on which is Green Hell and Green Hell is a of the survivor uh, class of games I believe it's now this is what I'm gonna look up because Green Hell is on my radar Green Hell as I can read from the official site. Oh, first of all, they're developed by Creepy Jar, which I don't know if this is their first title, but so far uh, it's promising. But Green Hell is basically a survivor's game, surviving game where you play a man who goes out on an expedition with his wife uh, in the Amazon rainforest, all of a sudden has his wife kidnapped, of course, by um, people, tribe, maybe, and you have to go save her while also dealing with all the things of the rainforest to deal with. Which is also timely with uh, the actual rainforest that's... Um, and it's a survival game, it's also a psych psychological thriller. And it's weird playing this game. Like, I forgot how many days ago I played this before the events of the actual Amazon rainforest burning to the ground because of a fascist regime burning it. Um, but in hindsight, it's it's it's. Games have this weird relationship where, and I'm not going to speak as an expert, I'm speaking about what I've learned and what I've taught myself through research and whatnot. Games really love the, the, a, lot of, a lot of time now where they put you in this situation where you seem alone, you gotta survive on your own, it's in this very quote-unquote exotic locale you don't know whether something could kill you at every turn and they always want to put most likely racist or just the just the appearance of that could honestly eventually become racist depending on the developers uh, indigenous tribes and try to always either make them as the enemy or make them as an ally but as an ally that's very stereotypical in nature based on just the history of entertainment in the west the east whatever um i will say green hell is one of the first survival games that i really enjoy because of how much i love the accessibility of like Oh, I have this uh, leech on my arm. How do I know? Press the button to look at your body, move your arm around. That's where the leech is. What do I need? Gotta look at my notebook, because apparently I can write beautiful pictures of what I can do in my notebook. I gotta do this. I gotta collect this and this. I gotta set up this tent or uh, these banana leaves like this. Everything is laid out, and nothing about how the game is introducing its mechanics frustrating 
that is a positive I would give this game. What's a personal negative of mine, and that's not the game's fault, but mine, is how much, over, how how much of it is overwhelming to remember in any moment where, well, I got food poisoning because I drank this dirty water. Shit, I don't have anything I can heal this dirty water with. Well, now I'm throwing up. Now I have diarrhea. Now I have this. It 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 it, it comes very quickly, especially if like. Obviously, if you fast forward time, and you start to bleed out, and then all of a sudden your health is gone, and then you're dead, and then you start at literally the intro of the game again, where, well, actually, I was afraid when I first died, because I thought it was going to start me at the intro, where you get introduced to the mechanics. Thankfully, it wasn't that. It literally introduces you right after you go through um, the tutorial, really, of the game, uh, which I won't spoil how that goes. It's sort of already been hinted at with going on an expedition with your wife, partner, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i going to try streaming more of that game because I really enjoyed playing it. Um, it's not going to be today, though. I'm going to try to play a game called Children of Morta um, because that game looks interesting based on the information I was given. Again, thanks to the kind people at Evolve PR. Um, but yeah, that was my time with the game so far. And there's more to come. I tried playing this one game, again, embargoed, that I can't really start up due to just how it's not released yet. Well, I can play it because I have early code, but I can't play it because of how almost unstable the base game is and how I'd rather just wait for patches until I don't run into a crash that could fuck up my PC again. Um, but that's, that's, that's game development. Um, I will lastly mention that I have been watching, I've been watching some really good fucking stuff lately. Uh, I've I watched, uh, so far, I believe I'm on the fourth episode now of The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. And holy shit. So I watched the that movie that came out in 82 a few years ago. It's been so long. I barely remember the plot of, the, of that movie, but I remember how incredible those puppets looked. This, this is still, again, the Jim Henson workshop working with Netflix, giving a, 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 a lot of fucking money to do what they want to do and, and how they know how to do it, and knocking it out of the park. Holy shit. It is, you know, it is a fantasy series. It is a high-end fantasy series, but all the characters are interesting. All the characters, even if you're not interested in, like, certain protagonists, all the characters, just through the puppetry, just through the aesthetic, just for the creatures that are introduced or shown, just for moments with the music and just the Skeksis, which is the, basically, the piece of shit birds from the first movie that in this prequel series is established that they are still the rulers of this kingdom and the Gelflings are basically subservient to them, but not of their own free will as of right now it is 
because that's how this kingdom works in the hierarchy and everything. Um, it's so much fun. And it does not back away from how it's presenting its story. It is literally Age of Resistance is its title and how it gets to that point so far has been really exciting. Just, um, this is one character in particular named Deet that is just so adorable and I just love her arc so far. Um, and she meets this one other character that's been a highlight for me in watching thus far just because of how he could have been really, really badly made into a comic relief and could have been excessive, but he wasn't. And so far, he, I am been loving his character. The other character that has been slowly been on her own journey, um, we're getting, I think we're getting, so far, I'm feeling that we're getting to a point where she's going to develop more into someone I'm interested in. But so far, it's like, okay, she's doing her own thing. She's trying to find out what's going on with whatever. I won't spoil what. Um, I will say the protagonist, eight, one of the protagonists that's played by, I think, Taryn Egerton. Uh, which, by the way, this cast is fucking incredible. Um... I forgot who plays the General Skeksis, but I think... I don't remember who it was. I was about to say Hugo Weaving. I don't think it was Hugo Weaving. It was someone else. Uh, maybe it was Ben Mendelsohn. All I know is one of the fucking Skeksis is played by Mark Hamill. And I think it's a character that was in the original movie as well. And he's fucking great. But he's also just doing the Joker. But as a big, scary crow thing. Um... It's, it's been a lot of fun. I've really been enjoying that series, and I hope to finish it out soon because of just how much I, I, I... Good puppetry is underrated. Puppetry is not just for kids. Also, yeah, this series is really fucking dark. Not the stupid grim dark that is pandered and paraded around lately. This is dark in the way when you were growing up as a child that when you saw something on screen, it was dark. And it still is dark even when, you, when you've grown up. Especially for people who've watched the original movie, which, damn, that would have been 92, 2002, 12, 2022, 38 years ago. Like 38 years ago. And it's one of Netflix's best series out there. That is fucking crazy. Also, I apologize for saying fucking a lot and crazy. That's an able slur. Um, I also watched... <laughs> to end it there, watch Age of Resistance. The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. You do not have to know the original movie to get anything. There are little moments. Well, it was one moment that's been multiplied a lot that is sort of from the original movie in which one of the, uh, I think maybe this is the one for the original movie where one of the Skeksis makes a noise when he's inquisitive or interested about what he just heard. He goes, hmm, hmm, like that. It is, always makes me laugh. 
and and he, there's a scene where literally him and one other character does it two together, and it's just hilarious. I love that noise so much. Um, but yeah, watch that series. I also just watched recently, like yesterday, uh, <laughs> uh, Fire uh, Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me because that was a piece of Twin Peaks that uh, has been missing from my uh, viewing history after watching. Would have been, would have been a year now or two years? No, it would have been a year now since I don't even remember since Twin Peaks: The Return came out. But that was a piece that was missing from my history due to the fact that I, when it was referenced in the series, one, I'm not gonna spoil how, but one, when it happened, it was like, oh shit, we're doing this. And two, I really should have watched that fucking movie because they're playing more into this story bits than I realized. Um, it is a hell of a movie and it's still a great reminder that Dave, um, David Lynch is not a perfect creator especially with how women are represented um, even though when there is violence inflicted on women I, there are moments where it feels like a lesson to teach I think maybe about how violence is inflicted on women I don't know for sure. There are people smarter than me that can speak on that. And are not male and cis white like me. <laughs> um, but as a piece of Twin Peaks media, yeah, that's, that's some pretty good shit right there. Like, it's supposed to be a prequel that basically goes into the life of Lord. I was about to say Laura Dern. Because every time I think of Laura Palmer, I want to say Laura Dern. <laughs> Laura Palmer. And... This was... I, this one was, um... I got this copy from the Criterion Collection, which... Grade A just fucking... Transfer of, like, whatever the technology that went into it to make that movie look great on... HD, 4K, whatever, TV. That's a great-looking fucking movie that was made and that was filmed in like 92 like shout out to everyone involved with that work um you know it's another moment of me being confused on what's happening me understanding certain things because of watching the first season watching a few episodes of the second season and being told you don't have to watch the rest just watch like the first two or three maybe I watched like the first five um, because apparently David Lynch left after, uh, during, before season two was made, and it was just Mark Frost, I think. Um, but the stuff that happened in Return makes a lot more sense to me, such as, why is Ray Wise in the Red Room in the first episode of the Return? Spoilers, if you have not watched it now, spoilers. Um... Why is this character here? Why is Laura Palmer standing uh, like this? Why is Cooper gone? All this shit. Um, that stuff filled in some holes for me, including reminding me of scenes that... Oh, right. That's why this scene is happening. And that's why whatever happens later on happened. 
it's always nice to get those just moments of clarity. Um, but it goes into more with like Bob and just how Bob's origin, I mean, well, not his origin because his origin is played. His, they go into his origin story into, in the return. I will say that. How? Watch episode eight. You don't have to watch any of the episodes. If you want to know the history of Bob, this weird, almost demonic entity that uh, appears in the form of this man that I can, can't remember the name of the actor and he's no longer with us, um, you could just watch episode eight because it feels like something distinct and away from everything else in that, I think... Was it a 26-episode series? 22? I don't remember. It was so long ago. Oh my god, that was so much of my time. <laughs> what an experience. The bit, like, quick aside, one of the best viewing experiences on television in my life was watching Twin Peaks The Return. Even when I didn't know what was going on, even though there was stuff that was uncomfortable for me that also just did not make sense early on in the season, as it went on, and as I waited in anticipation for what I knew was going to happen, or did not know was going to happen, I still enjoyed my time. And I think I will never get another experience like that again, unless they make another season. Which, honestly, I don't think they should. But that's spoiler territory. Anyway, Firewalk With Me, also I, I, I can understand more in the origins of that phrase, Firewalk With Me, since I learned of it when I watched the first season of Twin Peaks and Dale Cooper and that other uh, agent met this guy that started saying it and the mystery behind that. Um, that's a great movie. You should buy it, honestly. If you're a fan of Twin Peaks, I should put that disclosure. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, think that, that's, I think that's my time. I don't know why I'm saying that like I'm about to get yanked out with a giant cane on stage, but that's that's been my time so far. I'm going to be doing Bag Atrocious again. Yay! That's... I'm really happy with that. I... You know, this podcast is just like... I'm not... I made only a taller 80 on this through ads, surprisingly enough. Um... But this is not the reason, money is not the reason why I did this podcast. Besides just wanting to get my voice out there, I really just enjoy doing it. Just talking into a microphone, doing the thing I always love doing almost too much without a microphone to myself, which is talking constantly. And I have more of an opportunity now to do that than I did in the past. So thank you so much for joining me. If you want to see or hear more from me, you can go to Bagman. Excuse me. No. You can go to anchor.fm slash Bagman. Or go to your respected podcast service of choice and listen there, such as iTunes, Overcast, I think Stitcher still. I think maybe Spotify soon. I don't know for sure. Um, a lot of services. Uh, you want to catch more of me, you can go to twitter.com slash Bagman. Man, man. Uh, I'm streaming more often. I'm going to be trying to stream Children of Morta, hopefully, after this. Uh, if not, 
you can still find archives of my previous streams, which... Oh, right. Quick aside, I played through um, the new Blair Witch game on Xbox Game Pass. Like, I that just phased me completely. Uh, you can play in about five to six hours. Uh, whether it's worth your time, I think yeah. Um, but if you're very invested and knowledgeable about survival horror games as of late, both in the indie and AAA space, and just survival horror in general, horror in general in the media, mu uh, movies and television, it might be too overly familiar. I just want to say to the people who are saying that this game is trying to in, uh, in, intend to say that this did this. Through my playthrough and through remembering what I played, I don't think it intentionally made it seem like this caused this. Not gonna spoil what, but I don't know where the fuck that came from. If that game really is and I missed something f for that intention, that's on me, and also, what the fuck? But if not, and I'm right, where where are you getting this from? Play the damn game before you make these intentions. I know you can want read like an excerpt of the plot or whatever, but play the damn game first. It's a dollar for new comment. No, two dollars. If you do Xbox, Game Pass Ultimate, whatever. I may, I, I'm not trying to shield that service so much, but like, honestly... You want to play both on either your Xbox or PC, a, a growing collection of games, like, that's affordable if you don't want to pay $60. That's really affordable. Like, we've hit that mecca of, you know, just easily being able to access games through a subscription service. Granted, there's a lot of them lately, so it's overwhelming. But just try it. Just give it a try. If you don't like it, that's fine. I will say... In the beginning, it, I, it had me intrigued by the premise. I'm not fully familiar with the Blair Witch as a movie franchise. I just know people, white people scrape into a camera. That's all. That's all I remember from that movie. I never saw the remake. This one seems to stem a lot from the remake uh, that came out recently due to the fact that from what, I, from what I've learned, researched, the original movie was about more about never showing you the presence of this creature and not knowing what was going on and was very well known for that. This remix tried to delve more into the supernatural when it came to the Blair Witch and all that jazz. As well, from the perspective of a camera. This one, this game, stems from that remake, plus it's still doing its own thing. But it's also sort of canon with the original movie, I guess. I don't know. Anyway... Twitch.tv slash at bag, no, Twitch.tv slash bag, man, 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 because the one man was taken. Uh, I'm still writing news and other things that I can convince Brad, my editor, to let me write at GameCritics.com. Uh, YouTube.com slash user slash 123GenMike, I think. Once I get subscribers, I can actually make a custom URL that's not dog shit. Um, but that's going to take time. And 
I will leave a link to any prospective media people, freelance, full-time, whatever, who are interested in the Freelance Solidarity Project uh, under the National Writers' Union under the description below. Below where? Wherever your service that you use is on. Uh, I will need to indicate three things. One, it is a labor group intended to support and show solidarity and resources for all people in media who do freelance. That includes writing, that includes video, that includes audio, that includes social media. If you have presence, whether you are a just like, like me, I have been a, in a security guard union for over five years. Whether you're a security guard, whether you are a sex worker, whether you are a anyone can join whether you can pay the dues you know that's up to you we have a tiered list of uh, donations for the efforts because all of it goes to the freelance solidarity project that is based on income level I will be open I pay 1250 based on my income level you can pay more if you want you don't have to do 1250. It's up to you. That's what makes it so great. Thanks to the National Writers Union. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for those who are listening. And I'm, I'm really happy to be back. I'm really, really, really happy to be doing this again. Uh, these episodes are going to be coming out on Tuesdays. That's the day I'm going to be trying to focus on moving forward. If not... Wednesdays is my day, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, bye bye.